Hello there, gaffer managers. My name is Jamie. My name is Angus. And my name is Dan. And you are listening to the EFL Fantasy Podcast, the official gaffer podcast. How was that for an intro? It sounded it better different. than the idea you're on. <laughs> it threw me because I didn't know it was coming. I think it was good. <laughs> I didn't know. I thought about it earlier on, forgot about it, and then while I was waiting for the intro to go on, I thought, oh, I need to do that, and then, yeah, I'm not very good at this intro thing, but yes, we are back, if, everybody should know who we are anyway, but if you don't, um, we are the Gaffer Podcast, so we will review all the action from Game Week 1, from the opening weekend of the Championship, Um, it's good to be back, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, loved it. I've had a really good weekend. And it helps that Stoke actually won and entertain me at the same time. I have not experienced that in a long, long time. Um, just for the listeners then and the viewers, um, what we're going to go through today, we'll go through our scores that we scored this weekend. Just to note, we are recording at 20 past nine on the Sunday. The Leeds-Cardiff game um, hasn't updated properly in the game. It's still showing as 0-0. So the points from that game are incorrect. So just bear that in mind when we're going through our teams. We'll then go through the podcast team. And then we've got six key games that we're going to go through, talking about the two teams and certain players. We'll go through the other results and then we'll finish off with Twitter questions because there is quite a lot of them. Are you too happy to go straight in? Yeah, let's do it. Right, who wants to go first then with their team? Oh, oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. Sorry, sorry, sorry. I said I'm going to do this at the beginning of every podcast. It's on the screen in front of me, so I should have known. Please do like and subscribe this podcast. YouTube, Spotify, Apple, wherever you listen or watch. Also on Twitter, retweets, follows, all that kind of thing. Thank you. For... And Angus, what else do they need to do? Um, I think that was it. Like, subscribe, no, give no. us five stars. Yes, five stars. Yeah, give us five stars. Five stars. Even, got, even if you don't like it, give us five stars. Well, after, if someone new was listening <laughs> or watching this and they've just heard that intro, me stutter everywhere. They're definitely not going to leave a five-star review, are they? But do us a favour, lads. Come on. Um, who's going first for their score for this week, then? Well, you've got to go uh, first. I'll get mine out of the way and then I've got to, because I've got to switch to the other team as well. So. Save the best of last uh, done, actually. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so at the moment, obviously, as you said, the the lead scores aren't correct. I'm I'm on seventy points, uh, lower than a lot of people, but you know it's only game week one. Yeah. Um, so the main ones for me were uh, Ward Prowse, obviously uh, no armband for him, so it's ten. Dewsbury Hall fifteen. Uh, Will Keane came off the bench for me for ten points. Nice. Uh, and, and Adam Armstrong, captain, which was twelve points, and then bits and pieces elsewhere. Uh, Sinistera with a vice captain blank. Um, I uh, I, ha- I have thoughts on him. We'll come to him later. But uh, so seventy points. Not the best opening week, but I'm not sort of panicking at this point or anything like that. Yeah, definitely not worth panicking. Yeah, you know, like you say, it's not the best, but it's it's not the worst either. You're around that probably average, I'd say. Yeah, I think so. I mean, average might be slightly higher than that. I'm, I, you know, without sort of looking at it, but. I'm not sort of concerned about where I am by any means. Right. Dan, what about you? So I got uh, 87, uh, captained Armstrong for 12, 
uh, vice captain Moore Prowse for 15, um, had loser 15, Jewsbury Hall 15. Um, I got Davis off the bench for uh, Ipswich, as Castagno no showed. Um, and then I got fours and threes from Dieng, ranking Costello, Stacey, Manning, Piero. So, yeah, I'm um, quite happy with that. I think I'm, I'm well, I'm above average. So, um, very happy with that. Managed to escape with not having any Leeds mids or Southampton mids. So, yeah, very happy with that. Good start. Uh, sorry, Sunderland mids. I said Southampton. <laughs> Good start, Dan. Well, I'm in the under club. Get in. So I know a lot of people are going to be tuning in because I said I'd reveal how I'm so good at Gaffey. Well, unfortunately, that was just a ploy to get you to listen to the podcast. There's no secrets. It's just pure vibes. Um, got lucky. Um, we know that. Um, 102 points for me. Um, same as you, Dan. Captain Armstrong for 12. Vice Captain Ward Prout for 15. Um Dieng, ranking Stallone, Manning, fours and threes, same as Roberts. But I did have Davies come off the bench for 10 points, replacing Castagna. A late change on Friday night, I brought Hoover in, got me 11 points. Loser, 15. Drewsbury, all 15. And Yates, who was another late change as well, got me 9 points. Um, Rowe sitting third on my bench with 10 points, but... I said to somebody the other day, I'm not annoyed about it. I was never going to play him, so we'll He's see how he goes. He's not going to be last on your bench. He can't, he can't be last on your bench from now on, surely. I think in a couple of weeks, like they've got a couple of tough games, but then after that, you know, if he's still starting and stuff, then he might be in contention, but I'm not really that annoyed about it, if I'm honest with you. So, yeah, that's my team, and then we'll go on to the pod team then, Angus. Yes, yeah, so the pod team got 77 this week. Um, we actually gained one point by going with Rushworth over Dieng. Yes, yeah. um, so the bit, the big wins there. Um, we had Davis. Uh, I think that was who came in for Castagne for ten. We had uh, War Prowse vice captain fifteen. We had Jewsbury Hall fifteen. Um, Armstrong captain for twelve. We had Bayo for eight as well. Um, and then not much else from the likes of Branking Costello, Manning, Roberts, Nisbet. And a playing zero pointer from Van Evike. Well, can we just tell the listeners and the viewers when we did this team, we basically went ten points and we all agreed to have one punt each. Um, oh, no. Who was your punt, Dan? The, the uh, zero playing defender. <laughs> <laughs> who was yours, Angus? Uh, it was Nisbet for one. One, and then. <laughs> Surprise, surprise, my punt. What did he get? I can't see on my screen. It's too small. Eight. Eight points of bail. So, yeah, we'll take that. I think we're going to have a bit of fun with this. You, you know, the best part is um, Van Evite came on uh, after 70 minutes oh. and his minus point was for goals conceded. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's all fun and games. Um, we are obviously part of the Thursday Night Wars. We're against, last year, as the listeners know, we were against guys on Gaffey. And the community team, which was run by Tom. I can't think of his Twitter handle, but the West Brom fan who does the threads. Um, but we've got a new addition this year, haven't we? Yeah, so the man on guys are also up against us this year. They are going to get spanked. They are going to regret joining this Thursday Night Wars. Um, they are going to get spanked. But who 
won in that, do you know? Was it us? It was us. That was a rhetorical question. That was Angus. Of course yeah. we won. I'd, yeah. I'd also already told Jamie before we recorded. Yeah. But... <laughs> um, Stop ruining the surprise. So, some good scores around, though. Um, so we got 77. Uh, man on 71. Guys on Gaffer, 70. And the community, 65. So it's quite close, but, you know, we obviously came out on top. Yeah, and um, I've got a, like, a plea, in a way, with our listeners. If you are diehard... EFL Fantasy Podcast supporters, what I want you to do, I don't know what days they do it, but the community team pick their team on Twitter by voting. Now, I love going in there and picking for the picking the worst option, but obviously just me doing that isn't going to impact it. <laughs> so if everybody who's a diehard EFL Fantasy fan goes on there and picks the worst option, that would be fantastic. I did vote for Delap this week and he scored... Yeah, apart from that, if, you, if you're not going to look to sabotage, we would also encourage people to go and just vote on those teams anyway. All the engagement it can get is a good thing. Oh, yeah, yeah, Angus, you're too nice. You're too nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's all right, because we're going to win anyway. So just just get more people participating. Yeah, yeah. No, Angus is right. And, and that way, we, 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 beat, we beat more people. If more people are participating in the community team, then we're essentially beating more people. And that's what it's really about. Yeah, we'll go with that. Angus is a nice guy. <laughs> I'm a... See you next Tuesday. I won't say it's... <laughs> I've had a good weekend. We shouldn't be. But just a warning for all the listeners, if you are new around here, do not listen to this around your kids. You never know what might come out of my mouth, but I'm going to try my best. Well, I think in, on Angus. the pre-season ones, wasn't it me? It was you, yeah, actually. <laughs> I was on best behaviour. And I am going to try and be, but it is just a warning. Um, right then, that's our team then. Um, let's get into the key games. So Dan, Watford started the yeah. campaign off. Your favourite team beating QPR four nil. Um, what was the lineup news around this? Yeah, so the key news going into the game, uh, Ngakia and Morris played as fullbacks, which was a bit surprise over Andrews and Lewis wasn't even in in the squad. And the front three were Martins, Bayo, and Semma. Um, for QPR, Fox and Gubbins were centre-backs. They got injuries to Clark Sauter and Dunn. And Willock was on the bench. Uh, young Charlie Kelman pl- played, which was a surprise. Brilliant. And, um, you know, what were the key parts of the game, Angus? What happened? Um, so, obviously... Watford came out of the blocks very quickly. What was it? I think 33 seconds. Is that what um, it was? 33 seconds? Yeah. Wow. Uh, for uh, Delhi Bashiru to get a goal um, off a loser assist. Um, loser then got the second um, from range, which was an Ngakia assist. Martins got the third off a, I want to say it was a Ken Semmer, was it a corner? I'm trying to remember. I know it was a flicked header. Yeah, but, I think it was. Um, Certainly a cross. I think it was a corner. Um, I'm now <laughs> doubting myself. And then uh, Bayo got the fourth um, with a Sierra Alta assist. Yeah, brilliant. So those who are watching on YouTube have got some brilliant stats on the screen that the audio listeners are missing out. Um, so I'm not going to read these out on everyone, but just to push you towards the YouTube, we've got possession. 71% for Watford to QPR's 29 
We've even got XG stats now. We've upgraded. Watford's XG was 2.95 compared to QPR's 0.42. We've got shots on there. Watford, 24, QPR, 4. We've even got shots on targets. Watford's 13 to QPR's 1. So I'm not going to read them out every time, but I do recommend going on YouTube and watching us and seeing these fantastic stats. Um, yeah, the game in general then. I'll come to both of you on this. What were your thoughts on this? We anticipated QPR to struggle this season. Chris Hermitage, our QPR correspondent, you know, he went heavy on Watford assets, which I thought, is that a bit of, you know, fan bias? Are they actually that bad? 4 0, it's not a good start, is it? Especially against a team that we had questions about in Watford. Um, and I still have questions about Watford because I'm not willing to change anything off the back of that. You know, it doesn't help for QPR where they were so short of defenders, it was it was going to make it worse. When you're a team that's already going to struggle and then you lose your first choice centre-back pairing, it's it's obviously going to make things worse. But yeah, I, I mean, some of the ways that Watford were just able to cut through them, it was sort of like, you know, Far be it from me sitting in a you know chair, <laughs> sitting in an office chair in my house, sort of just like, uh, to to sort of tell professional footballers what to do. But at times, you know, even just from seeing the highlights and whatever, it's sort of like, could you not just be a, be a little bit more of an obstacle? Could you not just be in the way a little bit more? Like it was sort of, at times, it felt a bit too easy. And I know Ainsworth had some harsh words for them after the the five nil was it five nil they lost in the friendly or five yeah. one I think five yeah. um he, he had some harsh words for them well I'm not sure many of them listened to those harsh words uh, given how it went in this game um Dan quick one regarding QPR because obviously there's not much to talk about in terms of Gaffer but um is it operation target QPR already it's it's hard not to look at that result and and think that maybe we should be. Um, as we said, we we thought what a lot of people had what for what about mid table, yeah. And they com comfortably beat QPR. They'd won it by half time. Um, and you, we've all played in games when you're four nil up and you you take it easy, or you've been to games where you've been that many up at half time and it just sort of fizzles out. So, um, yeah. QPR's QPR played Cardiff. Dan, it's Cardiff away, Ipswich at home, Southampton away, and then Middlesbrough away. So it's not a pretty run for them. And if they're that bad, yeah. I'll be target um, QPR. Um, quick one on Watford. Obviously, like you said there, Dan, we weren't expecting big things from them. Can't really read too much in this in terms of how good Watford actually are um, because it seemed QPR that bad. But they do play another home game in Plymouth. Uh, we'll speak about later on um, before, after then going to Stoke away, Blackburn at home and Coventry away. Um, Angus Watford, do you agree? We can't really take anything from it or do you disagree Then yes they were very good? Um, I think they were good. As I say, I'm not sure how much I can take away from it because I had in my mind that it was going to be target QPR anyway. Like, I'm sorry to our QPR listeners but, but... You know, anyone that you're predicting to finish in the bottom three, you're looking at targeting anyway, which which I did. Like it's not just them, but um so I um 
I think it was probably going to be a case of looking to target them anyway. I didn't expect it to go quite as badly as it did. So it's almost, I wasn't convinced by Watford before. I don't know what to do with this game. So for the moment, while I think they've got some some good players and some good options there, I don't, I, it hasn't moved my opinion that much. Okay. Um, we've got um, someone from every game that we'd like to talk about, so we'll go to him now. Imran Luzi, he's now on the screen. Um, you know, you, you especially, Angus, and Dan did as well, but you, we tipped him through pre-season yeah. um, for his bonus. Today, he's on screen. A 15-pointer this week, one goal, one assist, three key passes and two big chances created. How impressed were you with him? Uh, much more impressed than I was by my decision to go with Dan James instead of him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, no, I thought, he was, you know, I obviously I've only seen the highlights, but I was very impressed with him. Um, the pass that he put through at the start for Delhi Bashiru, basically no look through ball round the corner. Perfect weight into his path as well. Like that's the sort of thing that he can bring. Um, the quality that we know he's got. Um the shot, um, it was a good finish, but when it's low and like that, you sort of look at, you're, you're squinting at the keeper, like, could, couldn't you have done better with that? Uh. I thought, so obviously I, I knew he'd scored when I was watching the highlights. So when I was watching it and I saw him set himself up on the edge of the box, I'm thinking, <laughs> here we go, top bins. So it was like, not as good as I hoped, but it, like you say, it was still a good finish though. But then he had the banger in the second half where he hit the bar. Yes. Um, and, yeah. and watching the highlights, I've forgotten he only got one goal. I was watching it, expecting it to go in <laughs> when he hit it. <laughs> um, but no, I mean, I think we'll, we've talked at length about the quality he has and how important he's going to be to any success that Watford have. And I think, you know, with all due respect to them and not to completely ruin the vibes, this might be the best game they have all season in terms of sort of just the performance and the the manner of it. But it showed when they play well, how central to it he is going to be. Yeah. And he, he's good value as well. And so, what is he? Seven, seven and a half? Seven. Seven? Seven. Seven, seven point five. Seven, was he? Seven. So yeah. really good value. I think, you know, it's always difficult doing the game week one review because we've got really nothing to go off apart from 90 minutes, really. So it's not one of them where you know, you've got to jump on him, but it's definitely a positive start. But I would like, if I hadn't already got him, I'd like to see Watford for a few more games, especially this weekend against Plymouth at home, who obviously started well themselves. Mm-hmm. Um, shall we go on to the next game or is there anything you'd like to cover from this one? No, that's... Next game. Okay. Yeah, I haven't got anything else. Okay, so the next game then we've got was Friday night's opener. Sheffield Wednesday 1, Southampton 2. Dan, what were the notable lineup news, shall we say? Yeah, so for Wednesday, uh, Delgado started out a position on right wing. Uh, he's a 4.5 defender in the game, but he played right wing. And... Uh, Gregory started up front. I thought they would have gone with Michael Smith. Uh, Windass played from the left with Bannon in the 10. Uh, for Southampton, it was pretty much as expected the lineup, uh, main players. Um, Walker Peters and Manning were the wing backs. 
a midfield three of Smallbone, Alcaraz and Ward-Prowse with front three of Adozi, Armstrong and Teller. So, yeah, not, no real surprises for Southampton. Yeah, and what were the key moments to take away from the game, Angus? Um, so, I think, obviously, the, the moment that caused a lot of discussion when it happened was the Southampton opener. Yes. Um, it was a Nathan Teller shot, except it basically flicked the back of Adam Armstrong's head and went in. Great I think finish. they decided that until it hit him, it wasn't going in. So that's why he got the goal and obviously Teller the assist. Um, they were sort of all over um, Sheffield Wednesday in the first half. They like Sheffield Wednesday just couldn't get out. Even when they were putting it back up the field, it was coming back. Um, and it did sort of feel at times like it was only a matter of time until the second goal, and yet you were sort of you were still sort of waiting for Southampton to actually create a lot. Like they had some decent chances, but you were sort of like, okay, sure, but you know, let let's see something a little bit more. Um, you know, I think Sheffield Wednesday were probably sort of given some positivity by that. They went in at half time only one nil down, having been sort of completely dominated. Um, came back out with a lot more intense second half and obviously got the goal from good set piece, actually. Um, and a good finish from Gregory when dropped to him. Um, but then that man, Che Adams, comes off the bench. Um, former Sheffield United man as well. So you could see he enjoyed that at Hillsborough <laughs> to, for the win. As well, and it was it was one of those moments where they'd been a little bit passive, and all of a sudden there was just that that sort of ten percent extra sort of urgency and speed to the play, and Walker Peters slipping it into Ward Prowse, who'd been running into that right hand channel quite a bit, um, and he just put it across, and there was Jay Adams to convert, and it sort of was you know it was it was simple, but it was actually impressive the the way they were able to execute that simplicity, um, and I think it showed what they are capable of at times but um yeah i think there'd still be some reasons for con concern i think with southampton as well what were your takeaways dan for me it's just a typical martin performance pass 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 like they started really well with a good tempo as angus and then it got to a point where they were just passing between players like three or four times and you're like there's no tempo in this Sheffield Wednesday are here for the taking go and win to score two or three and it's game over and then um and then they were sort of drifting even in the second half we mentioned in the group chat like he's not making any subs and then eventually he makes the sub and it works so last season for Swansea they wouldn't have won that game but he's got he's with Southampton, so they've got better players, so they'll win the game because they'll create that one chance. I will get on to other teams later on. I wasn't impressed with Southampton as everyone else seems to be. When you think they're playing Sheffield Wednesday, who are going to be probably bottom six, when you compare them to what Leeds had to play against and and Sunderland and Ipswich and, and Leicester and Coventry, I wasn't overly impressed with Southampton. Um, I'll come to Angus on that in a second. I just want to say for, on Sheffield Wednesday, I was really unimpressed by them. You know, it was 
the curtain opener Friday night at Hillsborough. Yes, they're playing Southampton and the massive underdogs, but I thought they might have just tried to make it a little bit more intimidating, a bit more hostile. Like just get stuck into them, foul them. They were willing to put 10 men behind the ball from very yeah. early on um, without any kind of press, allowing Southampton to just have the ball. Um, and I thought it got more difficult, especially when they got the goal. I think they will struggle this year. Patterson really didn't impress me on that right-hand side. He's going to struggle against quicker wingers. Um, it would work on that. And I did miss the first 10 minutes of the second half because I was watching the end of the cricket. I f- forgot how long I was watching it for, so I turned it on just as Gregory scored, so I can't comment on the first 10 minutes. But, yeah, I was not impressed by Sheffield Wednesday. Um, Southampton, though, Angus, there's a lot of quality players in that team, so there's a lot of places to talk about, and there's one player in particular we will get onto shortly. But what's your thoughts on what Dan said? I think it's fair in terms of not necessarily being impressed by them. I do think with some of the chances they had, some of the situations they had, on another day they're putting three, four of those away and we're probably having a slightly different conversation where obviously they had to win it relatively late and it feels more underwhelming. I don't sort of completely disagree with that and I just think it's easier for us to sit and, I mean, you know, just to speak about someone else, Nathan Teller. On another day, like Nathan Teller was putting it everywhere except the goal. Yeah, I saw him put it into defenders, sort of stood in front of him. I saw him put it like verge on putting it out the stadium, like... You know, the, which is another problem with Sheffield Wednesday. Like, you know, it was very easy repeatedly for Nathan Teller. He just had to half dummy down the line, check back inside. All of a sudden, he was in like five yards of space to get a shot away in the area. That's absurd. Like, um, but, you know, things like that, where if, you know, if he has a slightly better shooting day, um, I think centre backs, they need to upgrade because I thought there was there were potential issues there at times. Yeah. Um, but I think a lot of these players are going to get remarked upon. You know, your likes of Alcaraz's. I thought Adozi was bright. Armstrong was quiet, even though he did get the goal. Um, one player that I just wanted to single out, I know we're going to sort of get onto someone else, but was Will Smallbone. Because you look at what else they did sort of going forward and even the likes of Walker Peters and, you know, Manning and whatever small bone sitting in the middle of the park tidying everything up recycling the ball always making sure there was a you know even if it was just a safe option for a pass you know if if they were about to get caught the number of times it felt like he won the ball back when it when there might have been a moment for Sheffield Wednesday to spring against them and just the composure that he had throughout the game I was I just thought he he was really impressive in that role now I agree I was really impressed by him but Stoke fans will tell you his crap so <laughs> never listen to Stoke fans um, one player I want to mention just before we go on to our featured player was I was really impressed by Kyle Walker-Peters his positioning yeah. and I'm talking from a gaffer point of view as well um, he was heavily involved in a lot of things on that right hand side which was kind of central right um, runs into the box which is quite difficult considering how deep Sheffield Wednesday were but um, Ward-Prowse and Teller on that right hand side was very good and I found that really interesting but our featured player is the one and only James Ward-Prowse. So a 10-pointer this week, um, one assist, two shots on target, two key passes and one big chance created. Um, 
obviously we know he's linked, but this guy is going to be very, very good if he stays in the championship, isn't he? Yeah, I mean, I think people were panicking at one point because of how long it was where he hadn't even, like, created a chance. Like, it was well into the second half before he'd even created a chance. And everyone was sort of like, what's going on here? But I, I was so impressed with by him, and it was a probably a different role than we expected. Like, the number of times he was sort of getting into that position, sort of just underlapping on the right-hand side. And, like, he was getting in there and always looking up as well. I mean, we know it with Ward Prowse, but getting into that final third and always head up looking for, you know, could he whip the ball across? Could he pull it back? And so even though he wasn't sort of actually racking up those chances, creating it with those positions he was getting into, which is ultimately where he got the assist from, it was sort of like, yeah, this is going to pay off at some point. Um, and ultimately it did. I think if he stays, Danny, he's going to be massive into for the game. Because I think there'll be a lot more open teams in Sheffield Wednesday way, and I really think he could flourish. Yeah, look, he shouldn't be in the championship, should he? It's, no. it's a, let's be. There's a few we, we're going to get onto a couple more later on that they shouldn't even be in this league. Um, but we, we've said all along that a team has to pay what Southampton want, otherwise they are, will not be selling this summer. So. Will it get to the last few days and a team that started badly in in the Premier League panic and buy him? Then I'll be amazed if he's here, to be honest. But while he's here, you have to have it. Yeah, make the most of him because their next four now is Norwich at home, Plymouth away, QPR at home, and then my phone locked as I got to there, um, and then Sunderland away. So. Yeah, I, I agree. Make the most of him while he's here because he is a very, very good player. And I think what a common theme will be in this podcast in terms of the gaff community is the number eights. Very good yeah. asset. I was very impressive. Um, Alcrez, I know he didn't um, get a big haul, but in terms of watching him play, he looks very good and I think he could become a very good option. Again, if he's there, because there's a, a lot of players at that club that quality and it could leave, so they'll be worth watching them. Shall we go to the next game? Yeah. Yeah. Okay, so um, Stoke 4, Rotherham 1. Uh, it's nice to see Stoke in the key games. Dan, line-up news from this one? Yeah, so um, Stevens won the battle at left-back over Tymon, which was probably the, one of the main decisions, and the front three was Brown, Vindigo and May. I think it's my. That's what the guy on the channel said yesterday. So we'll go with my. Yeah. So um, that obviously meant no Campbell, which was I think everyone thought he was nailed. I think he's injured. Is he, Jamie? Well, we heard nothing about was he an getting... injury before. Um, the strong rumours that it's Everton. He'll be going to Everton. So that's oh. weird. I've heard nothing concrete on that. But that's worth keeping an eye on. But for him to be left out of the squad completely, there's some he is either injured and we didn't know about it, or he is on his way out. So it's worth yeah. keeping an eye on that. And for Rotherham, uh Odafin started four point five million. We saw last year he scored a few goals. Uh they played a three four two one with Anya Dimmer and Bramble at wing backs. Um Odafen and Wiles were behind Hugel. Yeah, and 
key points to take away from the game, Angus? Um, I think it's all about Stoke, isn't it? Uh, <laughs> and uh, first and foremost, Keanu Hoover. Um, it didn't take long for him to sort of, you know, bring back the form of the second half of last season. Uh, getting miles up the pitch, where you sort of wonder how's he ended up there. Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, some good technical finishes as well. We saw it. That was a feature of his goals last season with some of the finishing. And the technique on the volley that he scored was actually really nice uh, when it dropped into him. Uh, he then had uh, Vidigal get two goals um, and uh, two very nicely taken goals as well. And uh, the fourth was Jacob Brown. Um, worth noting as well, two assists for Ben Wilmot. Uh, <laughs> and then I think it was Peltier got the got the goal. Uh, an absolute shambles in the box. Yeah. But uh, um, it ended up with him and he sort of got them a goal in amongst that as well. But, you know, the main thing that everyone is sort of taking away from it is is Stoke. Um, I've sort of been tipping them up for a playoff push. Um, obviously felt better about it after that game, flying out of the blocks and everything. Um, but yeah, I think, you know, it's like you said, I think the big thing is if they're going to do it in a more entertaining fashion as well, then, you know, that's what you want, really. Obviously, you want to be pushing up towards that top six. But at the same time, you know, really, you want to go sort of every week and, and be entertained. Um, and it certainly looks like Stoke have the personnel to do that. Um, you know, we you talked up the likes of Chiquinho wasn't even in the starting lineup. So, you know, when you think about some of the other options to come into that team, um, it, it sort of feels, particularly after the first week, like, you know, very exciting times. Yeah. Um, obviously, I was at the game, um, so I saw like, all of it. Um, obviously, Hoover will get the points, and, you know, he's our featured player for this game. One goal, three defensive actions, two key passes, and one um, big chance created. Um, took his goal very well. It was one of them where I, f I didn't realise it was that early in the game, to be honest. Um, and you're thinking he's got all that time, bring it down, do not volley it here, and then you sky it, bring it down, you've got the time, but great finish. Um, obviously, we mentioned about Campbell, the front three surprised me. I was expecting it to be, I was expecting Jacob Brown to still play through the middle, even though I don't think he's the long-term plan, and then I thought it would have been Chiquinho and Campbell. Um, as we said already on Campbell, it's worth noting on that, but Vidigal, the young, well, I didn't, yeah, he is young Portuguese. I knew nothing about him. Signed him for 500,000. Played okay. Took his goals well. So he's definitely going to be worth watching. He's lively. Um, but the player I was particularly impressed with, and I think it will be relevant and gaff is Daniel Johnson. The holes that he gets into on that left-hand side. So him and Josh Warren played as the eights, um, allowing Pearson to sit in. And... You won't see it on the limited highlights, but he gets in some very good positions and puts in some good passes, which obviously didn't get put away. But yeah, he's definitely one to watch for me in terms of Gaffey. Defensively, it's hard to tell Rotherham didn't offer anything. They were poor. Um, I'm a bit disappointed we conceded from a set piece because they didn't threaten us in open play. So then to switch off in that at the beginning of the second half and concede it, was disappointing and I was thinking, you know, is this typical Stoke? You know, we've gone in the league seed and then 
do they come back into the game? We were professional, we saw the game out, so yeah. Um my word on Stoke would be is don't get carried away. We started well, it's great, you know, especially as a fan, really enjoyable. But from a gaffer point of view, we go to Ipswich next Saturday. Um uh, from watching them today who will speak about later, that'll be a difficult game. We've then got Watford, who, you know, they've won one game four now. Um, and then we've got Millwall away and then Preston at home. So, yeah, definitely worth watching. Dan, do you have anything that you took anything from it? Uh, pr- pretty much the same as you. I think one thing's interesting is about Hoover. We saw him do it quite a lot last year. And I know we're going to get on it to it later. But do you think he's fi- fixture proof? Because it's his attacking returns, right? And if he gets yeah. clean sheets, that. Yeah, well, basically a winger, isn't he? Yeah, he was. And, you know, this sounds weird because he scored that goal in the first five minutes where he's the only one in the box at the far post in a way. So if you see that on the TV, you're thinking, wow, what's he doing there? But for the rest of the game, he wasn't as attacking. I was thinking maybe he'd be the attacking one and Stevens would sit in. Um, Stevens played very well and he likes to get forwards, as we saw with Sheffield United. So... It was quite balanced in a way, and we did focus a lot of our attacks from down the left-hand side because Vidigal was playing really well, um, where it was Jacob Brown on the right. So it was quite balanced, but yeah, Hoover, I'd say he's fixture-proof, uh, 5.5 into, so he's not as premium. Um, yeah, he'll get attacking returns this season. Don't know about clean sheets, but like you say, we're buying him for attacking returns, aren't we? Yeah. Uh, Shall we go to the next game? Yeah. So the next one is one of today's games. So one of the teams that we were waiting for, Leicester, and they started the campaign off with a 2-1 victory over Coventry. What was the key lineup news from this one, Dan? Well, the ma- the massive lineup news was Castagna was benched and yeah. he was probably one of the highest owned players in the game. So... Um, he didn't come on either, so there was a lot of bench points coming on. I was lucky enough to get Davis from Leaf Davis from Ipswich, um, McAteer, Mavadidi, and Vardy were the the three up front. Um, yeah, I'm not sure if that's a surprise. Maybe McAteer starting. He's a he's a youngster. Uh, for Coventry, Eccles was right wing back. And uh, Hamer did start after, you know, with all the, the transfer speculation, you, you never knew if he was fully going to start. And then it was the front two of Ellis Sims and Gordon Hadji Wright was on the bench, their biggest transfer. Okay, Bryant. And the key takeaways from the game, Angus? Yeah, I mean, I think the, one, the thing I'll say is, to start off with, is almost from the outset... There was, you know, the game was played at a really high tempo. Uh, both sides sort of contributing to that as well. Um, obviously, there's been quite a bit of talk about um, it being a derby game and how long it's been since they played each other. Um, I did think it was quite funny that one of the first questions in Enzo Maresca's, uh press conference was whether any was whether anyone had told him it was a derby. Um, <laughs> uh, but but I thought it was it was a really enjoyable watch. Um, I thought Leicester initially, you know, sort of had more of the ascendancy, but not necessarily creating a lot of chances with it. 
Coventry carried a real threat whenever they went back the other way as well. Um, I think if if Leicester are going to continue to play a high line the way they did, the primary centre-backs being Fass and Vestergaard will be a problem. Yeah, it's not, um, it's not the quickest back line, is it, though? No, even even the, at the times when Doyle sort of stays back with them and it's effectively a back three, you're not really at, you're still not really adding a lot of like pace into that. And I noticed it felt a lot of the time as well, like um, Coventry really targeted that that other side, you know, the sort of between Fass and Vestergaard. They really looked to target that that side of it, um, which I think is sort of a, a problematic sort of template for 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 them to have because it's not like you know, they sudden they have a quick defender in the wings waiting to come in. The one that would come in is Connor Cody. Well, he's not exactly adding pace to that defence. Yeah. Um, so that that was the main concern from their side. I thought, you know, we're we're going to talk about him, but obviously have to talk about him now. It was Dewsbury Hall. Um, you know, he's obviously that that bit of extra quality, and particularly in in that role. Um, for for Leicester, he, he was sort of really central to what they did um didn't expect to see a sort of leaping header from him um <laughs> the first yeah, goal. um and then obviously the, the second goal that great finish and a great little touch to him from mavadidi who i think did have some bright moments in the game um obviously it should be said uh leicester's uh, sorry coventry's goal was uh from a corner um some really good deliveries from harmer and McFadden got on the end of one um, to get the goal for them. Um, but I thought, you know, they had some other chances. Sims, there was one where he's almost in one-on-one and decided to hit oh. it first time rather than take it down, which I still I still don't understand why he was doing it. I've, I've been thinking about it. It's I still can't work out why. As well. Yeah. Um, I think one question I have over Maresca and this is or for him, and this is a selection thing, is they looked a completely different team when Pratt and Iheanacho replaced Ndidi and Vardy. Yeah. Um, like, it was, like, particularly, particularly Iheanacho, when he came on for Vardy, Vardy just didn't look sharp. Um, you know, there's questions about where, you know, he's been, he had an injury issue relatively recently. I think we've also seen, even last year, there's a bit of, there's been a decline in him. Like it's not sort of he can't play anymore, but there's clearly been a decline. And Ian Acho is the best striker at the club. Um, I, I have no doubt about that. Um, and the difference when he came on was massive. And then Pratt, because and did he did a good job of fill, filling that role in terms of getting into the box, getting forward in support, and everything. I don't think he has sort of either the the attacking technique in terms of just sort of hitting a ball. Or the like instinct, like you, you could almost see immediately there were differences when Pratt came on. I mean, the, the first goal comes from him recognizing the space out to the right and drifting there instead, um, rather than just getting into the box, which was often what Ndidi did. And so I think there's probably that that little bit of sort of mental difference, which which you know Ndidi I think can still develop. He's what 26 years old. Like it's not like he's in, incapable of sort of learning a new skill set. But it would make me worried about him being in the team and how much that sort of hampers them. Um, but those two obviously completely changed things for Leicester. Um, and if if I were them, I'd be getting them in the team as soon as possible. Yeah, Dan, your thoughts from the game? 
Although Leicester won, I, I think Coventry deserve a lot of credit in this game. This, I think they were unlucky to lose, to be honest. Um, and this is where it comes when I was mentioning Southampton. Leicester have played Coventry, who were a kick away from getting promoted. Yes, they've lost Jokerez and, and a few other lone players, but they've recruited very well. They've got the best manager in the league. And um, I'm intrigued to, to see what Coventry do this, this season. They're always going to be, for me, a, a wait and see with Leicester and Middlesbrough being the first two. But from what I have saw of Middlesbrough, I'll be amazed if Coventry don't beat them next week. And, um, yeah, it's, n- it's not going to be long before we get Coventry players in, I don't think. Yeah, see, I, we, we knew that. We looked at the fixtures and obviously without a ball being kicked, you can only go off the fixtures, can't you? So we knew we were going to be waiting a few weeks. Like you mentioned there, they've got Middlesbrough at home. Then they go to Swansea, Sunderland at home, Watford at home. But I missed the first half of this, got in for the second half. Um, you know, And I was expecting big things from Leicester this season. I thought they were going to outplay um, anybody they came across, if I'm honest. Yes, they had the possession today, 65%. But you can see from the shots, both sides had 20 shots. It was quite equal in terms of that. But... The way Coventry played, how direct they were, and I think that will cause a lot of teams problems. It caused Leicester problems. You know, um, had your right come on, he hit the bar, didn't he? Um, yeah. Like Angus mentioned, Fraz and Vestergaard, not very quick. When they did go through that side, I thought Sims had a lot of joy coming in deep and kind of bullying them in a way. Um, Matty Godden had really good chance as well. Coventry had good chances, and I think they'll feel hard done by here. Um, yeah, definitely. I'm not that big on Leicester at the moment now after this. I know it's only one game, so I'm not going to get carried away. But there's one big talking point that we've got to discuss was Castagna not playing. We knew all along there's a risk he'd get sold. We had no indication of this. He's highly owned. He's 7 million. I'm sure there's questions about it. I haven't looked at the questions yet. But are you concerned now at the moment owning a 7 million defender who didn't play? Yes, it's not ideal, is it? We brought him because we wanted want him to pay seven million, yeah. and if he plays, he's going to be. And if he plays where we thought he would play, he was basically going to be right wing. He's not played. You have to think he's getting sold now, right? He didn't even come on when they when they needed to change the game. So um, it's not ideal, but I, I want more information, and if. I think I'm going to try and roll in game week to have two free transfers for game week three. Um, and I'll I'll just bench Constantin, which I know is absolutely crazy. But unless, probably unless Ward-Prowse goes, I'm going to try and roll this game week. Yeah. Another one, Angus, I thought was interesting. We spoke about Castagna versus Ricardo. And we were discussing Ricardo plays the inverted role, which he did. Um, but he did get three key passes in the game, so that I thought that was quite interesting. So that is worth noting, I think. Do you agree? I'm not saying bring him in, just Yes and no. Okay, go on, explain. Yeah. Yes and no. So I think it's worth noting, um, but for a lot of that game, it, it didn't necessarily look like 
like he was on the verge of returning. Obviously, then you know, like things like McAteer chance right at the end of the half, it's Pereira that like sends it out to him and everything. So I think obviously, yeah, it is worth noting. But I think I'd I'd want to see more in terms of the more games in terms of the key passes and it being repl- replicable and it turning into returns before I sort of got too far into it. Yeah, and bear in mind, I only saw the second half where it was 1-1, so they were kind of chasing the game in a way when it was 1-1, trying to find the winner. So naturally, they're going to be a bit more attacking the award throughout the game. Um, our featured player then is, it's obvious, Jewsbury all, 15 pointer, two goals, three key passes, eight total shots that he had through the game, three of them being on target. So he is going to be some player in this division and I do think he'll stay there I do as well and it just 7.5 million in Gaffer I know we shouldn't say it but essential a must have I'd go as far as saying that I think you're brave to go without um, I'm reluctant to say anyone's essential uh, I just don't like it personally but I think you're brave to go without um, particularly at that price um, because he is very central to what they do Dan, would you dare go without him? No. Well, I saw him at Luton, didn't I? And he's he's, he's improved now. He he's basically going to carry this team. First one. The first one. <laughs> he's, he's basically going to carry the team, and he he's he's going to be he's the main man there. And um, he's just as Angus said, he's involved in everything they do. Eight shots. Eight shots. I mean, to, to be fair, some of those were terrible. Yeah. Yeah. yeah but he. It looks better when you say eight shots about actually looking at the mangas. Yeah. <laughs> don't don't look at where they went. Yeah. Just look at the number. Yeah. He's trying. That's the main thing. No, but it's impressive. And then there's that yeah. theme that we've got with Warpass, that number eight position um, in that tactical system that they're playing. Yeah, loser. Well, a lot of teams are playing. Number eight seems to be very good assets and gaffer at the moment. And him at 7.5, I don't think you can go wrong. Even if he's not returned, he's not going to get double digit um, points returns every single week. Would you guys think about captaining? Um, yeah, game week two, he's definitely under consideration yeah, for exactly. <laughs> 100%. I'll be honest, he, he was a consideration for me for this week, but yeah. um, I just thought the only reason I didn't was Southampton were playing Sheffield Wednesday. If they were playing someone yeah. else, it would have been a bit of a tougher decision. But I had to go Armstrong against Sheffield Wednesday. So, yeah, he's definitely a captain consideration. Um, anything else on Leicester before we move on? No, don't think so. Okay. Um, right, one of the other games today, um, Leeds, hosted Cardiff, 2-2 draw. What was the key lineup news from this one, Dan? Yeah, so Hielder started at left-back and... Um... Nonto started up front, obviously. They, they got a bit of an injury crisis. Bamford, Rutter, and either the young young striker, I've forgotten his name, he, he got injured as well. He's, he was pictured on crutches. So they were the main news for Leeds. And Cardiff, I thought the main news was they had a front four of Ramsey, Bowler, Grant, and Ugbo. Um, yeah, that's, that's it for the team news. And then... Key points to take away from this one, Angus? Uh, Leeds are going to be good going forward and terrible defensively. 
Uh, <laughs> we'll start from there. Um, this is a yeah. good one, Angus, because I'm asking because we had a group, well, like our group chat. You went in on leads. Well, I'm not saying NN, but you had leads yeah. assets. Me and Dan didn't. So we knew this would be a big swing either way, and it's proven to be that. Um, yeah, go on. Just your thoughts on it, really, because I fell asleep through. Not because it was boring. <laughs> I was just really tired and I had a nap. So. You could take us yeah, so time. early on, Leeds started really brightly. They sort of came out the blocks and it was sort of, you know, it was clearly, okay, they're going to have a lot of the ball. They're going to, you know, really take the game to them. Nonto had a couple of chances um, and it sort of started really bright. The problems then came when Cardiff started going the other way. Um, I mean, their first goal. The, the amount of space that Luke Ayling leaves is spectacular. Um, the one thing I will say is it's easy to talk about Luke Ayling and particularly defensively, I have talked about Luke Ayling and I will talk about Luke Ayling. But uh, after that, it doesn't get much better from the others. So he, for some reason that the commentators, pundits sort of couldn't pick, couldn't sort of understand, he decided to push up onto Aaron Ramsey just let Callum Adalda run into like acres of space behind it. And then when he runs back, this is the thing, everyone focuses on the When he runs back, he runs back into a position where he's beyond the near post and he stood right in front of Pascal Strauch. So he's not actually serving any purpose when he eventually gets back there. Um, the initial cutback from Adalda is to Bola. And on the coverage, they, they looked at, when he, he made his move to sort of the edge of the area, Hjelda was next to him, and they did sort of the circle around the player in terms of how close anyone is to them. And as he sort of just moved, he didn't even make a complex run. It was just to the edge of the box. The circle just got bigger and bigger and bigger and bigger. And bigger. <laughs> um, he had the first shot, and it was blocked, and then Ogbo actually had a nice little touch back to him, and he, he finished that. Um, and the second goal, they got, they got unlocked by the most obvious like one two you'll see they they it's almost like they told Leeds okay we're gonna we're gonna play a one two now um you know and and Leeds just let them do it um it was blocked initially Luke Ayling then at the back post completely on his heels and almost doesn't seem to realize that Ugbo is there and then Ugbo gets ahead of him and has sort of a tap in and it was sort of like oh god how bad is this gonna be um and they, were, they did pick it up again second half. Um, I think Cardiff probably attempted a little bit to sit on what they had, yeah. which is understandable at that point. But, um, you know, Dan James had a couple of good chances, um, one of which was a really good save from Anik um, down low to his left, um, which for people like me who had Dan James and Sinistera was looking at a big return there. Um first goal was from a, a corner Somerville in Cooper just goes and wins it above players land landing looked horrible knees gone um and I sense I haven't seen anything I sense he might be out for a little while they had to be stretched off um not to pile on the guy because obviously he got injured I did think it was slightly better for them when he went off and they could have Cresswell and Strauch at the back um but, you know, they kept pushing and I think last minute, more or less, uh, Somerville, um, I think Sinistera had a shot that hit two Cardiff defenders, dropped to Somerville 
and uh, he managed to squeeze it into the corner uh, to rescue a point for them. Okay, so I'll summarise it because I mean that I'm watching. Defensively, we weren't sure going into game week one because, you know, Drama was apparently injured. He's obviously not involved. Aaron's got the nod as we expected at right back. So we're not big on him defensively. Is that right? Yeah. Okay. Then offensively, though, obviously you've got James since there. Um, Somerville, who is, oh, might as well go to him now. He is the featured player from the game, obviously. Got one goal, one assist, five key passes, and one big chance created, taking home 11 points, if that is correct. That's what's shown on Gaff at the moment. Um, I don't think so because I'm thinking five for the goal, four for the assist. So it's probably more in the region of 14. 14, 15. Yeah. Like will be on YouTube, so, but obviously we said at the beginning that yeah. might be wrong. Um, some of us got the headlines, Angus, but what's the outcome for people who didn't watch the game who are looking at Leeds assets or on Leeds assets and thinking of selling them? What's... Yeah, so I think there was a slight issue with the focal point in attack, and I think it actually worked better in the second half when they went back to what they'd started the game with, um, which was Nonto up top. I think for part of the game when they struggled, the Nonto went out to the right, and they'd lost, they'd lost much more of a focal point up top because neither Sinistera nor Somerville was really going and playing as the ahead, so they they didn't have that point to work off. Um, Nonto obviously looked good. We know the quality he's got. He's shown that in the Premier League. If, I don't think he'll stick around, but if, if he does, he will be an option wherever he plays. Um, Somerville, I think, showed the most, obviously, by the numbers you said, and I think he was the one who was most often in that 10 position, and so it was, it was slightly easier for him to be involved. Um, but he was involved quite a lot, um, you know, some of it got a little bit intricate and a little bit sort of, you know, trying to pass through almost non-existent gaps. But they did create some chances that way as well. Um, I thought it was bizarre when they took Dan James off because he'd had just had a sort of five to ten minute spell where he was actually having some real joy um, and they took him off. But I think he he still sort of encourages me. Um, Sinistera, I was not impressed. Uh, I think I said at one point, his first touch is an adventure. Um, <laughs> sometimes it's great. Sometimes it's like four yards out in front of him. Sometimes he's literally passing it to the defender. Um, multiple times I saw him step over when the nearest defender was like five yards away. And it's like, what are you doing? Um, I, assume, I, I know there's better in there, but watching that game made me want to sell him. Um so that, that was a problem. The other one that I mentioned in terms of the attack is actually Lou Gehling. I've slagged off his defending. He was very high on the right-hand side. Um, he got caught offside multiple times where like it wasn't even close. That's the one drawback. Is like He looked at times like he didn't know how to time a run at all. Like He was looking along the line, including one point where he berated the linesman. He was slagging him off for, say, for give, show, giving him offside. Replay showed he was about four yards off. It was incredible. Uh, <laughs> but So that's the trade-off with Ailing at this point is he will be involved in the attack when the scores are corrected. It wouldn't surprise me if he was in the bonus, even though I thought he was bad. It wouldn't surprise me if he was in there. 
Um, so that's the trade-off there. But in terms of those sort of mids, Nonto, if he stays, I, th- I, st- I would still tip up and Somerville. Somerville. And then Alien is away in the defence if you want to go in there. I'm um, just going to look at their fixtures now, though. Leeds um, coming up. I know they've got good fixtures. Birmingham away, West Brom at home, Ipswich away, Sheffield Wednesday at home. So they are good fixtures. It's just really awkward because you know they haven't got that striker because of the injuries. But I think is it is due back after the League Cup game in midweek. So the, the hope was because obviously they've they've all got League Cup what this coming midweek. Yeah. And I think the hope for Farker was that he might be back after that. So uh, obviously that would be one to sort of wait and see. But obviously if they do have a focal point that would obviously help them massively. I think me being one of the people who aren't on any leads at the moment, I think my plan is to hold off for a couple more weeks, let the transfer window come around, see who's still there, see how they're shaping up. Um, doesn't help that I did. I did watch some of the game. I watched. I saw the Cardiff two get two goals and then didn't make it to half time. So I do need to sit down and watch. You know what you've seen today, just to understand more myself. Dan, and you got any final thoughts on the lead, like on leads in general? Yeah. So for me, um, I don't have any leads either. Um, like I said, I'm, I'm going to wait till game week three with leads um, and then. St- Judge them from there. Um, just a quick question, Angus, as you watch the game. Cardiff, last year they were pretty good defensively. I know they conceded twice today. Their problem was going forward. They've massively improved their attacking option. Ramsey, Bowler, I know Jamie's a fan of Bowler, Grant, uh, Ugbo. They play QPR next. <laughs> Where would you go? That's a very good question uh, because I did yeah. want to go there myself and I know a lot of people will want to go there in Operation Target QPR. So yes, Angus, please give me good news. So for me, there's two options there. One of them is Josh Bowler. Yeah. We're obviously big fans of Josh Bowler. I think he hit the ground running. He looked dangerous when he got the ball at his feet um, on some of the set pieces as well, which particularly if QPR still have no centre-backs could obviously be uh, be a route to returns there as well. Um, I'm still not convinced about how good Ugbo actually is, but obviously he's got a goal and an assist today and he's playing as the striker, which particularly if you're looking to target QPR, getting the player who's the main striker is is obviously not a bad plan. I think he's in at six million as well, which particularly if people are looking around that, that area price-wise, it's an easy move potentially for people. Um, we'll talk about at least one that people might be looking to move off of already. Uh, so uh, that that's that's potentially there. Um, I'm not so sure about Ramsey, um, not because I don't think he's a good player, but because it, I'd like to see them against a worse team because often he was dropping in deeper to get the ball. Because he's that one who's better on the ball and better in tight spaces, he would often drop in deeper to come and get the ball and then move it on. Um, so I wonder against some of the worst teams whether he's he stays a little bit higher, but off today I don't think I could advocate for him as a pick. Um, you know, particularly compared to the others. So my dilemma here is Bowler would be my preferred option because, as Dan said, I'm a big fan of him anyway, and from what I saw today, I was impressed. My problem is I can't get to him because I don't want to sell any of my midfielders this early anyway because I've got. 
James Ward-Prowse, Wooze, Drews Brewer, um and Patrick Roberts. And despite Patrick Roberts not returning today, which we'll speak about soon, I was impressed by him. My other option would be Samedo to Ugbe, same price. Um, but like you just said, do I want to be actually using a transfer on that now in game week two? That's something I'm thinking you're going to have to think about during the week because I do want to target QPR, but do I want to go to Ogbo? You know, is it a waste of a transfer because I wasn't impressed by Samedo, which we'll talk about in just a moment. Yeah. Um, shall we go to that game now, actually? Is anything else uh, I've just got one more thing to add on yeah, Leeds. Um, it's not necessarily gaffer relevant. I was... I know I'm not the only one. I was very impressed by Archie Gray in midfield. Yeah, good player. Very Tidy. impressed by him. Yeah. He's, he's going to be a big player. He's yeah. Got a good future ahead of him. Right. Our last of our feature games then. Um, Sunderland 1, Ipswich 2. It was the latest of today's games. Dan, any key lineup information from it? Yeah, so a nine played at centre back instead of Danny Bath. There's rumours he's going to Blackburn. Um, and the front four were Roberts, Clark, Joe Bellingham and Semedo played as the nine. Yeah. Uh, for Ipswich, Fladke was in goal. Uh, the news got was made official that Walton's out for a while. Uh, so he is a four-million goalkeeper starting for Ipswich. Uh, Danassian played right back. Obviously, Clark is in, uh, suspended, I think. Clark, I think it's Harry Clark will be back in from next game week, and then the front, the front four was Broadhead, Chaplin. Um, he played on the right. I can't remember. And Hurst Her, played up front. Burns, yeah. So I can't read my own writing. And Hurst played uh, through through the middle. Okay, and key. Outcomes from this game, Angus, in terms of like goals and stuff. So obviously, uh, main thing to talk about there is uh, Nathan Broadhead. Obviously, scored the first goal. Um, for those with the Leaf Davis assist, didn't come off the bench for me, but uh, <laughs> it dropped to him. It was a shot that was dragged. I think it was going quite comfortably wide, but it was dragged so much that it actually allowed Nathan Broadhead to nip in ahead of the defender and sort of score um, really good piece of striker play actually from him. I, I was impressed just by that. Uh, um, and then he set up the second for Hurst. Um, and then uh, Sunderland did get a goal sort of later on through Dan Neal uh, with assists from uh, Sirkin. Yeah. thought this one was a very good game. Um, very entertaining for the neutral. Uh, quite, you know, obviously I've been waiting to watch Ipswich. Because, you know, we big them up, um, a lot of the bookies and experts, let's say, are bigging them up to finish well. So I was really excited to watch Ipswich today. Um, they didn't disappoint me in terms of entertainment, but I don't, I don't think they're that good. I think, I think they were good. Like, they were good, they were okay. I don't think they're that good. Um, what were your thoughts? I was impressed in parts... And thought they're all right in other parts. Now, part of it, as we've said before, is Sunderland are a good team. But um, it would be interesting to see as it goes along how Ipswich do. Yeah, and then Sunderland as well, because you kind of we're not just like on our key games. We kind of just focus on one team. This is kind of fifty-fifty and six. You know, 
both good sides. Sunderland, I thought were okay. Roberts did well despite not returning. I thought Jack Clark was okay in spells. Um, the biggest disappointment was Semedo, which um, the commentators are calling Jose Amer or something, which is annoying. Um, obviously, he scored through pre-season. He's a six million forward. So we've jumped on him for that reason and already regretting not going Broadhead over him. And I'll say that now, Dan, before I come to you. Broadhead, Nathan Broadhead is obviously our featured player. 11 points today, one goal, one assist, two key passes and one big chance created. He was very good in the complete opposite of Semedo. Um, did you watch this one, Dan? I wasn't able to watch it, but I know... Irons was a big advocate of uh, Broadhead. We had previously seen him in the league with Wigan and he struggled, but let's be honest, Wigan were were terrible last year. So um, I am intrigued with Broadhead and it's it's hard. You're looking at how good Sunderland were last year and you're thinking a number nine for Sunderland, he's going to get a lot of chances to score and he, He's young and he, he obviously struggled in this game. Um, it's, it's a big decision whether you you wait another week or do you take that punt and maybe go to another six million like you meant. But you could go to Ogbo and target Cardiff or go to Broadhead or it's going to be tricky. And people will jump and I, I can't fault them for jumping. No, I can't. I can't but like- just through my personal circumstances with it is Smeda is just my bench player at the moment. I'm happy playing. Yeah, see, he's fronts. my playing player. I think. So I, I'm not even starting him. So to use a transfer this early when, you know, the common theme for a lot of people is to try and roll in game week two to go into game week three with two free transfers. I'm not particularly that asked about doing that. You know, saving a transfer, I don't mind using one, but I feel like if I'm going to use one, it's for someone. To target, so I'd, I'd probably go Ugbo over Broadhead just on the base that they are playing QPR. But yeah. like you say, you know, I can't see, see why people would do that. But then, are we being a bit harsh on Semedo? He's a young lad, you know, come from Benfica playing in the country for the first time. It's one game we're going off. So I'm not, I don't want to go out here and say he's crap because, yes, he was crap today. But you never know, do you? So I don't want to uh, say yes, Sally, and then he turns out to be like the next big thing. What are your thoughts, Angus? You have, haven't come to you on this yet. I mean, if you're talking about Semedo, I, I wasn't particularly impressed by him. Broadhead, I thought, in particular, looked bright. I was also impressed by Chaplin uh, in behind, and obviously he nearly scored the oh. absolute world. He's from like 40 yards out where he hits the bar. <laughs> um, so, yes, yeah, so I think there's some potential points there. Um, I will also flag uh, with Broadhead Ipswich play QPR in game week three. Oh, oh dear. So, so theoretically, theoretically, to Ugbo, Ugbo to Broadhead. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> That's the train. I mean, so so you can do that, <laughs> or if you want to give it another week with Semedo, see how he does. You've then got that easy out in game week three. But oh, to think about that. Price a, changes. 
Yes, so broad. Yeah, I mean, depend, right, like, obviously, if you if you have the exact money, that's different. But say if you're working with any flexibility, or you can always move something. Particularly if you wait till game yeah. three, you can always move something else to get that move. Yeah, I think I'd have to do that because I can't. I don't like going early to beat the price um, rises because with the championship, you never know, and I can't be asked. To League Cup as well. Yeah, exactly. Injuries. Yeah, I'm not an advocate of doing that which I know a lot of people would, and I get why. It's just not a big thing for me. Um, anything you'd want to talk about regarding any of these two teams that you think's relevant? I thought Leif Davies, um, I, don't think, I don't think he's great, but I can see why he could be a, a good gaffer asset, not just because he got that assist. Um, he is very attacking to key passes that he made today. I think he will be a good option, but as a footballer, I wasn't massively impressed with him, if I'm honest with you. Um, it was the front three of Ipswich for me. I thought they were solid at the back in terms of centrally, and they did well to keep them out. But it was that front three, I thought they played the game very well. Yeah, yeah. I think that that's, that's probably fair in terms of focusing on them, particularly in terms of praise. Yeah. Um, Sunderland, again, oh, we've already said it really, I think... I know a lot of people tripled up, so the Semedo, Clark and Roberts trio, or two of the three. I think, yeah, we said Semedo were disappointed with. Let's let's see what he's like. Clark and Roberts, I wouldn't be put off. I wouldn't after that. I know they didn't return, but I still think they were the main focal points. Very good, Roberts especially on the right-hand side. So, yeah, I'd keep faith for that. Um, Anything else from you two? Um, yeah, I think Roberts was very good. The one thing I would say as well is they had Jack Clark on a lot of the set pieces over Roberts. Don't get that because Jack Clark's delivery from set pieces, I mean, hasn't been great before, was really poor today and they didn't change it until Pritchard came on. So that was, I mean, then Roberts did take a couple of corners, but it was a bit weird that they were starting with Clark on them, particularly when he wasn't particularly good on them. And also worth noting, which we haven't mentioned, was Hume did get sent off in like the 70, yeah. 70 yard for minutes or something like that. So Sunderland were down to 10 men, um, did manage to pull one back, but just couldn't quite get that equaliser. Um, so that's that one then. Um, so that is all of our key games that we're going to talk about in more detail. The other six fixtures we thought, there's nothing really worth speaking about in depth in terms of gaffer. So we've got Blackburn beating West Brom 2-1. Bristol City and Preston drew one all. Millwall went away to Middlesbrough and beat them 1-0. Norwich beat Hull 2-1. Plymouth started their life in the Championship with a 3-1 victory over Huddersfield. And Swansea drew one all with Birmingham. Now that doesn't mean we're just going to ignore them. We just thought, and I think it's worth starting with Plymouth. Um, just very quickly, we haven't put them in the key feature despite them doing really well, is because they've got difficult fixtures coming up, which I've obviously I've just lost in front of me. Um, they've got Watford away, Southampton at home in the next two. So Whitaker, who got a goal and assist, Mumba, who got a really brilliant solo goal, you're probably not bringing in before them two, would you agree? I don't think so personally. Um, I think, you know, if people are looking at Mumba as their Castagna exit, I, I understand. Um, 
obviously it's a little bit tough, but it depends what else you can do with your squad. Like a couple of those, at least one of those games you don't necessarily want to be playing him, but if you can sort of bench him in that game and then have him, it it potentially becomes a bit easier at that point. Yeah. Um, I was thinking of that today. Mumba is my replacement for Castagna, but I don't want to go there yet. Obviously, I get the, what is it, five, five and a half? Five and a half. Five and a half, so I'll get the million and a half from it. Well, probably 1.4, so I imagine he'll go up in price after that performance. Uh, but I'm not quite ready to go there yet. But I thought it was worth noting that just for people who were impressed. And Whitaker obviously did get a goal and an assist. Um, I thought that front three from the highlights, because it was extended highlights um, on that one game. So, yeah, they did do well, but it's not for me. Um, anything else you want to pick out from the other results? Uh, I'd like to mention Norwich. Uh, I know they they won it late on, but um, yeah, Sara nine key passes was on set pieces. We we saw him do quite well at times last year, especially in the second half of the year. Um, and our four point five million row who banger, yeah. And consider, I'm a bit annoyed I didn't go for him. I've got Jordan James, which yeah. is, sounds a bit. Um, well, it's not as fun, is it? Let's be, no. let's no, be honest. You get less headaches. You're going to get less headaches throughout the season, aren't you? Because you were willing to put them third sub, weren't you? The whole reason again, the 4.5 yeah. is to be third sub. At least you can sit there and just put him there. Where you've got Roe, haven't you, Angus? No, I've oh. got James as well. Oh, well, okay. Well, I've got Roe, and I'm not. I said earlier on, I'm not bothered about missing out on his points today, but it's going to get to a point where I've got to make decisions. Do I start him or not? And then when I don't start him and he does get points, that's when I'm going to get annoyed. But It's going to be like a lease in season one. Yeah. But if you, you know, this is one game we spoke highly about him in pre-season. He'd done well. He's obviously got the goal there. Great. Good he looked good though. Yeah, exactly. But if he does it for a few weeks, then, you know, it might be a no-brainer to start him, ignore the, what price he is, treat him like he would like Elise did. So, yeah, I think that was worth bringing up, Dan. Um, anything else from the other games? I wanted to mention Borough. Massive avoid at the minute. They were were not good. Um, Mill created four big chances against them. Borough didn't create a big chance. They're just no Giles, no Akpom, no Ramsey. Housen's injured. Smith's injured. They've signed players, but they're very young. Are they even up to this level at the minute? They're playing Morgan Rogers up front, who's not really set the the championship alight. Um, they're a massive avoid at the minute for me. Okay, I agree with that. Um, one last one I'd like to just mention before we move on was Birmingham, obviously they drew one all with Swansea. Um but Dembele, we spoke about him in pre season, could potentially be an option at six million. He's got the goal. Anderson's got the assist, so at six million, if you're needing to play around that price bracket, it's worth keeping an eye on them over the next few weeks. I think they could become options throughout the season at some points. Yeah, I think so. Um just a, a couple of bits from me as well. I've got yeah. a few players just to mention briefly. Uh, Jerry Yates, yeah. obviously got a goal. Um, I know he was quite popular. I think he'll do well for them. Did you see um, what's from that, Angus? Because I've only seen the limited highlights. 
I really want to watch the extended highlights on this game. I, I've only seen the limited highlights so far, so I can't really speak to it. I know people were saying that Yates talking up his work rate quite a lot as well, um, which was a thing with him at Blackpool as well. So um, I think he he might well be better suited at the moment um, than Piero, for example. That's but then Piero exactly apparently had a period where later on in the game where he came into it and looked like he was going to score. So that's the interesting thing there is whether yeah, it's had to a, be an adjustment for him. Yeah, Swansea um, had a goal disallowed, which would have been a Piero assist as well, and it was it was just offside. So mm. I've got Piero. I know you've got Yates and. Look, we've seen Piero over two years. He's got 40-odd goals. I think Yates, there's a massive price difference. There might not, Piero might not be worth it, I'm, but I'm happy to stick with Piero at the minute. And that's the same for me. That I've, I'm on Yates. I'm happy yeah. to stay at the moment, but I want to watch just to see what yeah, the difference yeah. was like and then, you know, can make the decision from that. Um, yeah, go on, Angus, your next one. Uh, next one, uh, Will Keane. Yeah. Um, off the mark uh, for Preston uh, came off the bench for me so that was nice but another one in that 6 million bracket did he start the game um, Keane or did he come on yeah he started no he game. started okay that's good um, so just to mention him obviously getting a goal um, and then just I think four players I'm going to mention from the Blackburn and West Brom game yeah Dylan Markande um, was obviously very well thought of when he came through at Tottenham, left them to go to Blackburn. So had a rough time since he joined with injuries. Uh, he talked this preseason almost about feeling like he's finally getting a, a, like getting going with his Blackburn career um, and obviously got a goal in this game. Um, and then immediately from the kickoff, almost uh, the young forward Leonard, um, five million as well, got goal. Um, his, I think, professional debut, um, or certainly his first start for them um, of his career. So obviously that that was you know a big moment for them. From and the two from Angus, sorry, before you just carry on, he yeah. looked really good as well. Obviously it was only yeah. the highlights, but yeah, he looks a good little striker. He does, so he's he is worth watching. Yeah, particularly at, like I said, at five million. Yeah, that that could help a lot of people. Two from the other side of that game to mention. More negative, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm still not going to buy Matt Phillips as an option. He took his goal well, but I'm I'm not getting drawn in by yeah. Matt Phillips. The goal was given to him uh, away once. He finished it well, <laughs> but it was given to yeah. him. And then uh, John Swift being on the bench. Yeah. Wow. I was not expecting that. Chalaba started, who they apparently want to get rid of. Which... Yeah. You, well, when you've got the chance to start Nathaniel Chalaba, you've got you've got to start him. And I think anybody who hasn't watched the highlights yet, just go watch um, the second goal, Blackburn's second goal, they've literally just scored the first. West Brom take the kickoff. He gives back and they to give it away. And then Blackburn scores, so it's basically a goal within 30 seconds of scoring the first one. So that was um, quite which, which one was more of a gift? Um, the Leonard goal or the Liam Delap goal? Oh, that was bad. Yes, that was bad, yes. <laughs> So, yeah, it's always comical when you get what's something like that and it's not happening to your team. So, apologies to the West Brom fans. Um, you've got to laugh at that. I know you won't be. Um, yeah, anybody else you'd want to just give a mention to? No, I think that's it. I don't think so. Right, okay. Then. We are going into the Twitter questions now. Um, there is a lot. I'm just got, we have gone 
nearly an hour and 25 on the recording so I'm going to try to get through these as quick as possible so I'm going to come quick fire and I'll come to I'll come to you first Dan and then I'll do Angus the next one if there's something that we've covered we'll just go straight past it um, Chris Amitage QPR fam best trip up from Cardiff to target QPR <laughs> <laughs> any of your week one players that you're instantly selling so um Dan, I'll come to you. I'm going to go NG, Bowler, Ugbo. And um, no, I'm, I'm, I might sell, but I'm leaning more towards rolling this, this game. Okay. Uh, Angus, or Darren, or to reclose. Oh, it's, it's, I nearly swore then. I just read that very quickly. Isn't it refreshing? to see players like Jamie get a good start before the true players take over at the end. Well, given that Jamie's winning the league this year, now that he's spoken to Luke and <laughs> Craig and has sort of, you know, refined his process, we're all in trouble now. <laughs> oh, amusing. Um, prick. Right, Spencer has asked Dan, biggest surprise of the weekend? Um... I don't think there's been that many surprises. I'm going to go for Ipswich winning. I, I didn't think they'd win at Sunderland, to be honest. Okay. Um, FF Joel Angus has asked, in the absence of injuries, etc., generally rolling is the best play for game week two. Based on what we've seen this weekend, are any players good enough to break that rule and get in straight away? Um, I'm not sure about good enough. Um. Uh, you know, I was impressed by some players, but again, am I really going to sort of tear things up for for one sort of one game? I think it's more if there's anything that concerns you enough to move off after one game. Like obviously, something like Castagna, I think there's going to be a divide between people who immediately replace him and people who wait. Yeah. Um, but that sort of situation, I think, is the is the main thing at the moment in terms of like sort of reacting to game week one. Um, Pemberton FC has asked a question which we have answered already in the podcast but um, he just said should we be looking to attack QPR I'm already thinking about bringing a Cardiff forward in so we spoke about that already so I just thought I'd give him a shout I, out I don't, want, I don't want to bully them anymore <laughs> just say thank you for submitting the question um, AD Tor Dan this one's for you as a Chiquinho owner is he likely to start soon or is it best to move him off I'm Jamie, you're probably probably better to ask. Yeah, um, I'll be honest. I'm uh, surprised he didn't start. Um, yeah, I, I generally don't know. We've got West Brom in midweek in the cup. I'd imagine he'll start and that get some minutes. But I'll be honest, idiot. I do think he is one of the best of the front three, and I think he should be starting. It was a surprise to see him not. So I can't really give better advice than that. It's only one game in, um, and I wasn't expecting that. And Campbell wasn't in the squad, so. Does he come back in or not? I, I generally don't know, Eddie, I'm sorry. Um, Angus, FPR Commander. Quite happy with my squad with 0.5 in the bank. But with Lewis not playing, should I persist with the player or make the change to a player like Mumbe, who I must have missed as I joined late in the spaces on Friday? Or as usual, just wait one more game week to have two transfers. Basically, well, I mean, I don't think we better. talked about Mumba, did we, on the spaces? Um, no, I don't think we did. did. It was Lewis, yeah. Lewis speaking about, yeah. But, 
but yeah, I don't think, particularly in terms of how relatively late in preseason Lewis joined, I wouldn't necessarily be stressing out about it, unless particularly because you know they brought him in from a club, a club, you know, a club like Newcastle has chosen to send him on loan there. You'd assume there's a that's with a view to him playing regular minutes. So that's one where I'd I'd certainly want to see it for another week before I made any move. Okay, um, Dan. Well, actually, you've already been asked this. Mark Dorney's asked, what has been your three major surprises from the first weekend of matches? Can be one each. So you've already said Ipswich winning. Angus, what's yours? I've picked on them a little bit, but I'm going to pick on them some more. Just how bad defensively Leeds were. Yeah. I know that part of it's the personnel, but I was surprised at, you know, at times at just how sort of wide open or easily beaten they were. I think mine, because obviously I watched a bit, but um, it's easy how good Stoke were, is in a positive way, but I don't know if that was how bad Rotherham were. So I'm going to say how bad Sheffield Wednesday were at AIM. I wasn't expecting to do well this season, but I thought I'd, if I was a Sheffield Wednesday fan, I'd have been disappointed if I paid money to go watch that in that first half. Um, FPL Taxi Angus. All this extra time is going to take some getting used to. Has the Sundown game finished yet? Uh, it took a while, although obviously there was the, the serious-looking head injury at one point, which obviously contributed to it. But, yeah, it's certainly, uh, you know, lengthening games, which particularly today when there was the stagger of games was quite nice to fill the gaps. <laughs> you know, I like the added time. I think it adds an excitement. Like with the Sunday game, for example, they're two on down. They get they are on the front foot, down to ten men. They get thirteen minutes added on. Um, as a neutral, I thought I thought it was really good. But what I didn't like at the Stoke game, we had seven minutes in the first half. Loads of people were going down, get a pint and stuff at like just after thirty-five, and I ate them and I'm like just go to the pub and watch it. You you cannot be that desperate for a shit pint of Colesberg. Like, why have you got to go there on that early? So we scored in added time. After five minutes, I was like, right, that sound. I'm not going to miss anything now. I go downstairs and I missed the third goal. So I'm <laughs> really annoyed with myself. But yeah, I like the added time. For me, I, for me, it's like, you know, before you could sort of work out, oh, it's going to be three or four. They've yeah. been ahead in. You can't work it out. You don't know so where they've the it from, do you? Yeah, so that's, that's the problem. For me, it's getting to the point where you need to just stop it every time because it it looks like they're just making it up. Oh, we'll add nine minutes, or we'll add thirteen, or um, just literally and then, the scoreboard, a big clock, and yeah, when it goes out of play, it. press pause and press play. Yeah. when it comes back into play, and then everyone knows exactly where you are. Don't see, and yeah, finish for me. the game. And, like and also, if the ball goes out of play, yeah. after the ninetieth minute, that's it. Game over. <laughs> And also another thing, if they're going to do this, there's 13 minutes. Well, there has to be probably t two or three more minutes because there's time wasting within that time as well. Yeah. So you, you can't just then stop it at 13 minutes, right? So this is what it, – it's just going to be a joke. It, it's going to end up going back down to four, five. or six. It might end up being like six or seven. It's, it's not going to be 13 for – We'll see. I'll be amazed. There's going to be some last many goals for us, and there's also going to be some yeah. last minute um, clean sheet wipeouts as well, which will be frustrating. Um, Angus FPL Frog, who will win 
the 2024 Ballon d'Or and why is the answer Adam Eder always rated him I, I don't think there's been someone who's been more negative about Adam Eder than <laughs> but I mean credit to him he's you know sort of I mean it was a hilarious goal but right place right time at the death like those are, those are the moments you love aren't they they are indeed Dan my favourite listener's name which two of Mumba, Hoover and Rankin Costello would you play next week? So two of them three. Hoover and Rankin Costello. Okay. Um, Angus, FPR blindside. Are Plymouth players viable options long term? Yeah. I mean, if you could... I, I, I... I have a slight scepticism about whether um, Mumba is going to stay in the attack uh, just because they're bringing in more options in that sort of area. Obviously, they brought Azaz back. Um, And so I do wonder whether he plays a little bit deeper, but I think even then he'll be a viable option. Whitaker, even someone like Hardy. Um, So, yeah, I think particularly at their price points, most of them, they're going to be viable. Um, Dean Heritage has asked a question which we've already answered, Dan, is is Castagna a sell or bench to wait and see? Um, you're going bench and wait and see, aren't you? I think so, yeah. Unless they, yeah, I think I will. Okay. Um, Angus, FPL, uh, Mastro 1, will Adam Armstrong keep his place or does Che Adams start over him? Short-term potential change, long-term, I think Adams is more likely to leave, so Armstrong will keep his place. Okay. Dan? Um, oh, I always say this guy's name wrong. Yeah, I am sorry for this. Petteri Anunen? Anunen? I don't know. Um, I'm sorry for that, but um, thanks for asking a question. Um, players who started the game at one to be avoided to buy due to transfer rumours. I mean, there's that many, isn't there? Yeah, see, I wanted to start with uh, Castagna and Ward-Prowse. I, I know they might leave and Castagna hasn't played, but they were expensive and you can drop down to anyone. So I'm, I'm not panicking having to go up to anyone. So if James Ward-Prowse goes in this week, that's fine. I can go down to any midfielder in the game. So I feel like I'm in a good position, even though I'm... I know I'm probably going to have to take Castagna out over the next two game weeks. Okay. Um, Angus, last two questions, now we're going to um, Flanks FF. To what extent should we consider ownership um, in the start of the season when making transfers? I wouldn't. No. I feel like mm-hmm. um, Flanks may be a new player and maybe plays FPL where there's a lot of decision-making around EO and stuff like that and with the championship, I'll be honest, I might have looked at the ownership once just out of curiosity, but it wasn't to make a decision on a transfer. It's not live yeah. anywhere at the minute. They yeah. haven't they haven't announced it. I think they'll switch it on probably this week, I'm guessing. Oh, is it not like I thought it comes straight on after the point scores from game at one? Oh, I haven't checked. It wasn't on yesterday. I, I don't look so... Um, no, yeah. I know some people do that, but what you'll find is last year, like Scott Twine was very heavily owned at the beginning of the season. Um, 
he was still very highly owned at the end of the season, despite being injured for a lot of the season. So the inactive managers will still show there, and um, because it's not a game as big as FPL, I just I just ignore it. I, I don't think it means anything. Last question, Dan Brazilian Cafu, who to replace Castagna? So we've had a lot of talk about selling and keeping him. Yeah. Um... Yeah, it's really, really hard. I'd, I'd like to go. Well, I'm tripled up on Southampton. I think Walker P, P as if he stayed would be a really nice if you double up on them. Um, Hoover, Barley Mumba ranking Costello. I, there wasn't too many high scoring defenders really that we'd expected. There was loads of goals this week unless they got attacking returns. So. Yeah, it's a bit tricky, tricky to go with at the minute. Yeah, and that is all the questions. So thank you very much for sending them in. Um, I hope we answered them how you'd like to. But that is the end of the podcast. Um, it's been a good one. It's been good to talk about competitive championship football again. It's really difficult in game with one and six because we've only got ninety minutes worth of football to go off um, when talking about some decisions to make. Um, yeah, that's it. Um, housekeeping, anything that we need to mention. There's no midweek games because it's Carabao Cup. So we'll be back next week, won't we, for Game Week 2 review? Yeah, um, I'm recording a Super League oh, podcast yes. with Chris Hermitage uh, Monday night. So it will either come out Monday night or Tuesday morning. And then anybody who is playing Super League this year and is unsure in terms of knowledge, anything like that, I do recommend giving that a listen. I will be making all my decisions based off that podcast. So have no pressure, Angus. Um, we expect big things from you, you and Chris. Uh, but I do know you two know your stuff from the European League. So I look forward to that. Um, I think that's it. Um, Cash League, that's all active. Everybody's paid in. I think there were 60 people that joined that. So £600 in the pot. Um, 60% to the winner, 30% for second and 10% for third place. I'll, I won't post updates every week because I'll be honest, I can't be bothered. Uh, but I will post updates. I'll try to do that once a month for every four game weeks, something like that, just so you can see who is in the lead of that. Um, I think that is me as well last time I checked, so that'll be nice. <laughs> Get in. Uh, I had to drop that in there. Yeah, I think that's it, isn't it? Yeah, five stars. Five stars. Yeah, we want the five stars. We want the subscribers. We want the likes. All the stuff I can't think of. We want it all. Follow follow the pod account. Yes, follow the pod account. Give it some love. Share it. Play it in front of your dog. Uh, do whatever. Just, yeah, get us out there. We want to be taken over by Saudi people. We want to be rich. <laughs> And then, and then you won't see us again. <laughs> yeah, you'll never see us again, no. So, yeah, three guys talking shite in Saudi Arabia. It sounds great. Like, and we are willing, if there is any Saudi people listening, to sack the championship off and we'll do a Saudi Premier League fantasy football pod, won't we? We, we, we I mean, it, let's not limit ourselves to the Saudis. Like, it, you know, if someone wants us to do an MLS podcast or whatever, like, yeah. if they're willing to give us the money, we, we'll do it. We'll sell out. Yeah. All day long, yeah. We no problem at all. I am happy to leave my family, just not my dog. My dog will be coming with me. That might be an issue because Fabinho couldn't take his dogs. Apparently, whether that's true. Apparently, or not. that was nonsense. So I, you're right. Yeah, Ma- we Max had a little will be French cheese, didn't he? 
Yeah, Ma Max will be fine. Two little rat things. They wouldn't let them in the country. Imagine <laughs> my Max. You'd think of wolves in there. But yeah, um, we'll stop talking bollocks now. Oh, I swore. Um, we'll stop talking nonsense now. Apologies for that, everybody. And we will see you all next week. Thank you very much for watching. Thank you very much for listening. Goodbye. Bye. Goodbye.